Welcome. You're listening to A Certain Degree. This is a weekly radio show on WPRK featuring a local maker, artist, or professional who is doing something neat. This episode is brought to you by Turnabout. Eating, walking, weather, the restroom. What do all of these things have in common? Right, they can all mess up your clothes, and your clothes are literally the most important things you wear on a day-to-day basis. Turnabout is the first company on the planet that manufactures clothes as stylish as they are reversible. You will literally be wearing your clothes inside out, ready to do the old switcheroo in case something untoward happens. Turnabout clothes look exactly the same in either configuration, and they are manufactured with a space-age polymer that prevents liquids and puddings from soaking through. Get sized for your turnabout at toacertaindegree.com. Now on with the show. Allison Weiss on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, the best in basement radio and the voice of Rollins College. My name is Nick. Good morning. You're listening to A Certain Degree. I do this every week and every week. I have a very special guest this week. No exception. She's looking at me. She's shaking her head as if I'm wrong. And I often am. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) I am often incredibly wrong, but I don't think I'm wrong about Emily Masura. Thank you so much for being here this early. Thank you for having me this early and getting me out of bed (laughs) to be a person. (laughs) You're you're so welcome. You're so welcome for being a person. So we have a lot to talk about uh, as far as what you do and who you are. I became very interested in having you on because I think that you live sort of this uh, this dual life that a lot of creative people do. You have your day job, uh, the thing you do to uh, for consistency's sake, but then you do a lot of stuff on the side for to feed your creative soul, if you will. Hustle all the time. Hustle all the time. Uh, so stringinghimalong.com is one site you can yes. go to. Uh, but right now, the one that you're uh, currently, I think, I wouldn't say most proud of, but I think it was I'm a big... proud of it. Yeah, yeah, it was a big accomplishment. <laughs> I think you were, you know, reading your posts about it and stuff. You were like, hey, I did this. This is pretty cool. And that's shattag.com. Yes. S-H-A-T-T-A-G.com. So that's yes. a line of t-shirts. It is. <laughs> related to the industry that you're in. So some inside jokes, some stuff that uh, the uh, noobs and the normal humans would get. <laughs> yeah, definitely uh, for the noobs. For sure, but it it was more born out of an idea that there everybody tries to have a movement for something, and everything needs to be like Instagram famous, and everybody has a hashtag, and you know they all try to have their little things, and it just got really frustrating to me that there are all these people in the world that don't really stand for anything. They say that you know they're just like oh I stand for everything, and therefore you know I'm such a great individual. And it just got very frustrating to constantly see that. So I thought that chat tag would be really funny because then it's like the only <laughs> movement that you believe in. It's like a bowel movement. So sure, it's kind of like the motto behind it. But uh, it's one of the most important ones you can have. Yeah, if it's you're like not, the only one that you should really be focused on. And I it's, mean, it's the one that we all have. We, we all share exactly. it as humans, right? Oh, yeah, especially yeah. after okay. coffee. We're getting pretty philosophical about <laughs> uh, about movements here. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Emily, I don't know you at all other than the walk over here and uh, some of your concert-going experiences, yes. including last night. So, again, oh, yes. kudos to you, dedication <laughs> to coming in today after going to see uh, a concert last night. So let's get to know you a little bit better first, okay. and we're going to play a game uh, 20 questions game, but okay. instead of saying yes or no or up or down, you're going to say read them or weep. 
Okay. So read them if you're for something. Okay. Weep if you're against it. Because reading, is there anything more important than books? Books are where we get knowledge and recipes. Reading the room is something that I've yes. heard you can do. I can't. I have no difficult. idea. Yeah, yeah. I very advantageous, but it's not something I can do. But reading is important. Weeping, yes, sometimes can be very cathartic. More often than not, though, it's dehydrating, and that's terrible for you. So that's why uh, read them is good and weep is bad. I normally dehydrate myself when I cry just yeah. because there are so many tears. There's so many. Especially right? if you have, like, small animals involved, then it's just it's just all downhill from there. So, yeah. Is there some recent tragedy we should know about? Oh, I just, well, the tragedy is that I really love animals and oh, there aren't yeah. any right here, right now, for me to pet. So that's oh, kind of, yeah, that that's is kind a tragedy. Of a tragedy. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to start bringing in some stuffed animals <laughs> or my cats who oh, will yeah, immediately come over here and sit on the board so Good. that we can't function Good. at all. All right. Resolutions. We're still kind of in that New Year's resolutions area. How do you feel about those? Read them or weep. Now, do I get to explain why? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, so, please. So weep. Because... My psychiatrist said I should be more present <laughs> yeah. and I should listen <laughs> more. She listens to the show. <laughs> Shout out, Joyce. Yeah, uh, Joyce. <laughs> so, but the idea was that, yeah, she felt like I was going too fast through this part. This is also part of the court-ordered therapy that I'm going through. <laughs> This show, so yeah, resolutions. So resolutions are a weep, and it's not because of the concept of um, resolutions. It's the concept that people feel like they need to change themselves every year to kind of go along with a societal belief that in the new year you need to be a new you and a better you, and I just don't really believe that they're ever made from a place of integrity. So I feel like when people have resolutions, you know, it lasts about like a month and then they give up on themselves. And that to me is the most depressing part because it's and it's also the most ironic part. Yeah. Like, I don't know. That makes me really sad. So, so definitely for, a hard weep. On a that hard, <laughs> hard weep. It's, on it's so one. dehydrating weep. Dehydrating um, weep. So it's the it's the peer pressure of it. It's this idea that you have to do it in the new year. Like, yeah. why not? So for you, yeah, just are make you a making, resolution whenever, you know, yeah. like do something to make yourself feel better about your life. And so you're making goals for yourself yeah. and you're saying, yeah, you don't have to do it at the beginning of the year just because everybody else is doing it. And you wanted to add, you know, a picture on social media, just whenever you feel like you need to make a change that's going to be better for your life, then that's when you should do it. You shouldn't uh, wait around for other people to acknowledge the fact that you're making a change. Like that's completely the opposite of what you should do when you're living your life. So, okay. Yeah. You feel very strongly. About I feel this. very, I, like I feel very strongly about a lot of things. I like it. Because you probably shouldn't have invited me on waking you up too. <laughs> yeah. uh, voicemail, read them or weep. Voicemail. Oh, yeah. Read them. Cause then otherwise you're going to miss something. That's probably an IRS scam that you need to save forever because it's really funny. Like, Oh, yeah. So the you good have voicemail. 10 seconds to call back. Please call the IRS. And it's always like super disjointed. Yeah. No, I've never definitely. gotten one of those. Oh, I'm man. I get them all the time. Now. I get them all the time. Maybe you have some money at the IRS. I think it's because, you know, when you sign up for domains, you have to put in information. Oh, yeah. And if you don't pay the extra like $10 to keep your information private, then suddenly your cell phone is just out there for the world have a litany of calls and yeah it's going to be out there for the world and they're yeah. like do you need someone to you know do this do you need advertising do you need you know it's like oh my goodness no i don't need any no. of it actually 
doing fine on my own. Listen, it's a DIY type of thing, guys. <laughs> Look it up. Whatever it stands for. I'm not really sure. I just said <laughs> Colonizing Mars. Read them or weep? Oh, read them for sure. Do you want to go? Yeah. I, I want to get away from everything. So definitely that would be awesome. And got to watch like the SpaceX, the whole launch with the shuttles and everything. That was really cool. And yeah. See the Tesla and then they're playing David Bowie. And I was like, this is awesome. But yeah, that that it's just sad that everything in the space minded community it's it's like a popular thing now but it wasn't for a while and mm -hmm. had lost all this funding and got defunded by a bunch of republicans and then it was like oh yeah i guess we should start caring about this again because we're destroying our own world so maybe we should well, try all the to... technology that might yeah. come out of it and yeah things of that nature yeah, it's awesome yeah totally right. about it all right i can just see you playing uh you're a violinist we should also yes. say as well uh, but I can see you playing on Mars just to see what it sounds like. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, if it sounds a little bit different. All right, very good. Smart homes and smart home related devices. Are you a read them on that or you a weep? I like the Nest thermostats. Those are pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but they do kind of have that creepy vibe associated with them. Like smart homes will be too smart. Right. I know like, you. This is yeah, what you like, want. You know, you want the lights dimmed this way and like you get home at this time. And it's a little creepy. And it, it, I mean, I guess I'm like about it as long as it doesn't become an episode of Black Mirror because. So as long as it's still it, a mirror. Yeah. Yeah. If okay. it doesn't, if it doesn't become, you know, this thing where like technology owns you, then yeah, I think that it could be pretty cool. But even getting like my new phone, like the Pixel 2. If I don't turn off the location, and I normally can't turn it off because I play Pokemon and you have to have it on yeah, to play Pokemon, to do that, yeah. um, it'll track everything that you do. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I do you want it. some coupons because you're in Publix? Or it'll be like, oh, did you know that there was a betting sale in Target today? And it's like... I like how I, you've got the Google voice down. <laughs> I mean, you do a great imitation of that. I mean, I, I feel like I can do the Siri one. Not so do bad. It. Yeah. Turn left. You have arrived. Like, it's kind of like... That's great. Yeah, it's like yeah. The, <laughs> the navigator voice. I love the idea that Make somebody's listening to this later, and yeah. they're actually making yeah. a U-turn right yeah, now. Good. Yeah, good. Good. Make a U-turn. <laughs> Get on the right path. You idiot. Like, it's always <laughs> like, I think she's going to say that to me at some point. She's just Make your snap. resolutions anytime. Yeah. Make your resolutions. That's actually a really good idea for, uh, we'll do bad business ideas later, okay. but an actual uh, smart home application that is more advice related. That one's, not, I mean, and, that's and pretty personalized. cool. Yeah. yeah. Having like a little I app like to tell you how to live your life. I also had this vision the other day. You know how they have the smart um, light bulbs now? Yeah. So I just had this vision of like installing a bunch of LED lights on your ceiling, but then having a switch for each one individually. So let's say you want hmm. 78, there's 100, and you only want 78 on. You can turn <laughs> 78 on. It just takes a while. Like, you know, exactly. That gives you so much power. It over gives you that so many room. options. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about this light potentially reporting back to whoever it's reporting back to or any of those other things. It's all kind of, it's, it's that manual process. What Would that be like one gigantic switch or would it be a bunch of little switches? A bunch switches? of little switches. Yeah, so you can control exactly, let's say you only want 22 because you're feeling 22 is the perfect romance setting. I feel like that's something like you would do if you were like, <laughs> if 
you have like an exhibit at the MoMA. Yes. Like you're that kind of person. Yes. You're like, I only want 22 lights on So today. I'd like, I, MoMA's a big listener. <laughs> and so I just wanted to let them know that I had this idea for an installation. So if you're listening, and I know you are, give me a call. All right. Uh, award season. So we just had the uh, Oscars apparently last night. So award season is over. How mm-hmm. do you feel about award season in general? Weep. Hard pass. Hard pass Hate on it. any of it. Hate it. Is there a reason for that? Is it just the, the pomp and circumstance? It's, is it the... Yeah, it's the pomp and circumstance and it's also the politics. And I, yeah. I just, I, you know, like how people have to have certain connections to get recognition. Like... Mm-hmm. I love Joaquin Phoenix. He's like my favorite actor. And granted, he did go off the deep end when he tried to be a rapper or whatever he was trying to do at that one point in his career. But he's such an an incredible actor. And, you know, I don't even think he has been nominated for an Academy Award. I really don't. No, I don't, I don't, I don't so. think Yeah, and it's because you have to play their game. And I, I hate that. And I hate it in the music industry, too. I hate it. You know, there are so many great musicians who should be getting acknowledgement and who should be getting awards and what is an award really? I mean, even in sports that (laughs) it's not always like a thing that's cut and dry. Like when Michelle Kwan should have gotten a gold and Tara Lipinski got one instead because, you know, she's a little young, a young inexperienced skater. Now we should did one more jump in case you haven't seen the, uh, what was that? The 2000 or 2002 winter Olympics. Yeah. I should just say spoiler alert. Yeah. Spoiler alert. I just ruined it for you (laughs) (laughs) years later. (laughs) All right. Uh, how about zombies? Read them or weep? Zombie. I'm, I'm cool with zombies. I'd say read them. I used to watch the zombies. Yeah. I used to watch walking dead, but it was kind of like run away. And then it was like, make a settlement get attacked, run away. And it was kind of the same thing over and over. I like how it's almost an RPG. (laughs) It is an (laughs) RPG because it's just the same repetitive action. Four things, yeah. Carl. (laughs) I mean, yeah, no, I'm still, I still think zombies are cool though. Okay. Like I wouldn't want to be chased by one, but I can get down with that. And isn't Jesus kind of a zombie when you think about it? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> it's like you had to like inhale for a second and like think about <laughs> how he no, he's yeah. I mean, but he would be a zombie, right? In, I mean, in he wouldn't have like all like screwed up flesh the, and everything. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I'm down with that. Okay, for sure. We're all down with zombies on some level. <laughs> uh, speaking of zombies, Amazon Go. Have you heard about this? Yes, I think so. So this is the store that they opened, where you just walk in, get your stuff, and walk out. No cashiers, just an app. Yeah, which is pretty, that's pretty sick, yeah. Yeah, so read them or weep? Read them. Yeah, but also, but also like kind of creepy, kind of the same thing with the smart homes. Like you get to the point yeah. where it's like now they're tracking all of the things that you buy. It's but like do they know what kind you... of milk I drink? Do they know what kind of like... Well, let's assume that they do. <laughs> well... I mean, do you not Amazon? Because that's a, that's I, a growing I do business. Amazon, but it's, you know, and I love, I have Prime. Yeah. So I'm kind of one of those. Where you can order something and they're like, next day shipping for, you know, nothing because... I like how you do the Amazon yeah, voice exactly. so well, <laughs> Yeah, too. so many voices. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, yeah, that's, I mean, Amazon's cool, but then they start expanding and then it gets a little bit creepier. Like, we thought you might like this, so we put it all over, you know, the page when you first load it. And now you can just keep staring at it and then your brain's going to be like, oh, yes, I do need this and need to overpay for it. So I don't know. I, I think it's cool, but 
So going back to the, the physical store, uh, the yeah. Amazon Go store, where you walk in, grab your stuff, walk out, the convenience of it is something that you like. I mean, being able yeah. to not have to stop and, you know, wait in line potentially or anything like that. But yeah, I, the I don't other like, thing, I don't like queues very much. Yeah. Just waiting and, you know, trying to make the best out of a terrible situation of staring at people's butts while you wait and like thinking about their or lives the magazines yeah yeah and you're just like do i need more gum i already have three packs in my purse let's get another because i'm standing here and i have nothing else to do <laughs> so yeah. you've fallen right into their trap there i do yeah all right how about taking your phone in the bathroom read them or weep oh well i'm a big toilet texter tt <laughs> yeah i'm a big tt yep. so that was going to be a hard read them okay for sure yeah, like it's a good time to catch up on stuff. Well, it's a good time to send somebody a selfie, like you know, when you're dropping a deuce and you're just like, yeah, it's time now. Interesting, <laughs> just, interesting. Yeah, got to let people into your life, you know. You are you're you're talking about openness. You're talking yeah. about you know that's that shows that you care. Like if you yeah. send somebody like a toilet text, that's like that's like some hard caring right there. What about answering the phone? Okay, so that's a different story okay. because then yeah. it's inconvenient for everybody else in said bathroom. Including yourself. Including yourself, yeah. yeah. You don't want to have any, like, spillage that happens Where's or the, anything. Yeah, yeah, I need both my hands <laughs> yeah, you need. Yeah, you might need both of the hands yeah. for that situation. Okay. But it's like when people expect you to be quiet in a public restroom because they're taking a phone call. It happens all the time. They're like, oh, excuse, hold on one second. Like, you know, she just flushed the toilet. It's like, is it not a bathroom? Like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's what you're supposed to do. It's not like we're peeing in litter boxes here. I think once you get on the phone, everything around you becomes a phone room. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Maybe there's something we could do with that in terms of bad business ideas. Okay. Uh, Coffee. Read them or weep. I mean, considering I have one, that's going to be a read them any time of the day. Even if it keeps you up, it doesn't matter. Are you a a very caffeinated person? surprisingly not anymore just because I have like more of a sensitivity to caffeine with I like switch between thyroid doses like the medicine so sometimes like if it's a hundred day then I can't have as much coffee yeah if it's like an 88 day then I'm like good to have yeah. more I used to over drink coffee in college and I think it just broke you it might have broken me mm-hmm. in some you know, fashion because I would drink like two pots a day and I, oh, wow. and I would use it as like a meal substitute. I like lost so much weight in college. I was like always stressed out and always bummed out. And I liked the heat of the coffee and it made me feel like comforted in some sense. And I would just, you know, make a pot and I'd drink the whole thing. And then I'd still have work to do or I'd still have to practice and I'd make another pot. So I try not to do that anymore. I have a Keurig now, so it kind of limits me, but I have one of those refillable pods. Oh, yeah, so you yeah. technically so you can, can make, make a lot, but yeah. But it's better tasting as well. I got I got Tim Tim pods, like Timmy's pods, like oh, Tim yeah. Hortons. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah, yeah. I was like, I need to become a Canadian early. So okay, so are you drinking Labatt Blue and like so it, it was like It was like the, no, no. I was going <laughs> to say, I'm not much of a, isn't Molson a beer? Yes. I'm not much of a beer person, okay. which I know is like blasphemy because Canada has really good beer, but I'm more of Well, like they have the, some really terrible beer as well. 
Well, it's yeah. just like anywhere. Well, yeah, yeah, but they have better beer than America, <laughs> at least. But I was like, I can get started early with Tim Hortons. Okay. That's, yeah. a, that's a good idea. Yeah. All right. Let's go back to technology for a second, see how you feel about this one. Driverless cars. I don't think, I think weep until everything is worked out, like all the kinks are worked out. And, yeah. and even then when you work out those kinks and you think that it can be on its own, it makes me a little bit disconcerted because you know who's to say that somebody wouldn't hack the car i'm i'm you know that's like that's once again a black mirror episode waiting to happen you hack the car and then suddenly you know drives into like a school of children or you know you hack the car and it helps somebody get away on you know some high-speed chase or something and then it's like oh well he shouldn't be blamed for this chase it's it was the car you know i could just see that being a gigantic liability in the justice system yeah. and i don't know like it's it's a cool concept i don't know that i mean it would be nice especially like for gigs out of town and stuff to have a self-driving car but i, I don't know that it's even practical when you think about the people in the world i don't know what I think we should think about doing is going to the driverless car companies and some of these other like Amazon and stuff mm -hmm. and say, hey, we're going to start, we're going to create uh, a new series called Mirror mm -hmm. to sort of offset Black Mirror. And in it, <laughs> all the technology is good and everybody's happy. Yeah, yeah. Nothing bad actually, ever happens. Well, they were getting into that realm on the last season. They're like, no, technology can make the world better. And it's like, well, yeah, we already knew that. We're watching this on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good technology right there. I mean. Oh, like the um, San Jacinto or whatever uh, that episode San was. San Junipero. Yeah. 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 See, and that, that was that, a relatively that positive was, one. That was a really nice episode, but everybody thought that was really great. And I mean, it was really, it was nice. And it was, it was cool and unique that there was not only an interracial couple, but that they were, you know, it was like a lesbian couple. And that was really cool. But like. The concept itself was was very beautiful that you can preserve somebody's memories in this, you know, bank of In this people. virtual world. Yeah, yeah in yeah, this yeah. virtual world. But, like, there were so many other really great episodes, and I felt like everybody just latched on to that because of the social aspect of it. Yeah. Like, whoa, it's so different to talk about, you know, this or that. And it's like, yeah, but there were a lot of other episodes that I thought were way better in terms of their execution and the actual plot. Like, Nosedive is my favorite episode. I'll have to watch it. Black oh, Mirror for me is one of those things where you can't just binge it. You have to oh, watch like I can. I can. one no. and then you have to go away for a while no. and then you can walk the watch the next one. No, but that's because I have a lot of self-loathing. So I feel oh, okay. like I can just sit and watch them and hate myself and hate everyone and hate my life and it's just great. Great. Yeah. Great. Awesome. That's, I'm that's, very positive. Hi, so Joyce. We're going to, Hi. Uh, <laughs> Joyce, we're going to have a referral for you. Also, we're definitely going to start Mirror. Which I think is going to be a really yeah. good show. The other thing, the, the dark side of San Junipero, though, I felt like was that they spent a lot of time in the 80s. And so having to listen <laughs> to the too music Too much 80s, not stuff, enough Peter Gabriel. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's not positive for me. Yeah, no, that wasn't positive. At all. The clothing choices were pretty terrible. Yeah. How about, okay, let me ask you about this. Cursive, uh, the writing, not the band. Uh, but having to learn it in school, it's they're starting to require it again. How do you feel about cursive? Read it, for sure. I don't know why they're not teaching kids cursive anymore. It's like, I'm a big fan of Elizabethan era culture. As we all like, are. <laughs> and like Jane Austen and, you know, all of her novels and 
all of the characters that are really hot in her novels, like Mr. Darcy and, mm -hmm. you know, Captain Wentworth and Colonel Brandon. Yep. But yeah, they should. They They're should. really <laughs> masculine names, too. That's <laughs> what I always like, like about them. Fitzwilliam Darcy. <laughs> but yeah, they, they should teach cursive. I don't know why they don't. I mean, I still write in cursive sometimes. I don't like how I write in cursive, but I do it in letters. And I still write letters. Yeah. I should probably have a typewriter. You should. And they do have cursive typewriters. Do they really? Yeah. That I didn't know. Yeah. I think I, that's my next uh, big purchase. That's really cool, actually. It's, it's certainly not another hat. <laughs> I'm done with hats. Uh, sandwiches. Read them or weep? Sandwiches, read them, as long as there's a good vegetarian option. Yeah, so you're a vegetarian. I am a vegetarian. And, yeah. and normally they're like, here's your vegetarian sandwich. It's lettuce. Lettuce, yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And it has some mustard on it. Hopefully that's enough. And it's like, oh, you know, what? And then occasionally they'll be like, oh, we'll add some tomato and like maybe a slice of cheese that we don't even like toast or attempt to do anything different with. So like if it's... Like, what is it, Firestone with the subs? They have a good veggie sub. What is it, Firestone? Fire, fire oh, house, uh, fire, Firehouse. Firehouse. Yeah. Fire, firestone. Fire firestone brick has, oven. I don't firestone know. Firestone has the really good tire-shaped <laughs> yeah. yeah. uh, sandwiches. They have, like, a really good veg option. But, okay. yeah, it's it's hard to get a good sandwich as a vegetarian, but there are a few places that do some awesome sandwiches in Orlando. Very good. For vegetarian people. So What's your favorite uh, sandwich? What's your favorite sandwich to make for yourself? What's your favorite sandwich to have made for you? Favorite sandwich to make would be a grilled cheese because I like to do a lot of different things with it. So you can do just a regular grilled cheese, but then you can have like, you know, extra cheese or you add some flavoring or grill up some onions or like put avocado, you know, if you're a millennial, but you can, you know, have a really nice dope sandwich um, when you're making it yourself and you can add all of the things that you want. Hang on, as Gen X, can I not put avocado on mine? I think I might. Am I Gen X too? If I was born in 1990, what would that be? No, you're a millennial. Dang 80 it. 80 to 2000 is millennial. That's very unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> and here I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be like a baby boomer. That way I could get away oh, with yeah. saying anything that I ever wanted. Ever. I mean, that's the thing. We all want to be at I least want, I want to be a baby boomer. prior just, generations. Yeah, just so that yeah. I could just be a terrible person. I want to be. And get away with it. Yeah. I want to be like depression and get to judge era. everyone. <laughs> depression well, era, I, dust bowl type I of. I used to say that I was like a depression era child because it was like a big thing to finish your plate. So like. The Italian side of the family, they always gave way too much food because they're all obese. So they're like, you can eat this. And I'm like, no, I can't. I'm like 12. I can't eat all of this food. <laughs> but, you know, then I always felt terrible about so, myself. So, yeah, you hurt a lot of feelings that way. Yeah, because then, yeah, first of all, that's how you show love is you make food for people and force them to eat it. And then get really angry when they can't finish their plate yep. that you overfilled. But, yeah, I always felt like the need to finish everything on the plate. Because that just seemed like a really bad, spoiled thing to do as an American. Just leave any just food over. Leave food because there are all yeah. these like children starving. All of the and all these people who can't afford meals and, you know, have to wait on food stamps and stuff. See, this is the kind of stuff that you think about when you're like a little kid. At least that's what I did. That's why I'm such a miserable person now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I won't go there. But maybe based on this answer, yeah. uh, you might be. 
the beach. Oh, uh, beach is like read it for sure. Yeah. I like the beach even though I don't like dealing with the process of going to the beach. I don't like the suntan lotion. I don't like the sand getting on everything. But So once you're there, though. Yeah, once I'm there, it's like it's awesome. Like grew up in the Sarasota area and went to the beaches a lot there. And then went to FAU for a year and a half, and I was at the beach every weekend. I, and even though I'm, like, super pale, like, basically albino, I still like the beach. It's very <laughs> relaxing. I like listening to the waves. And then I have to, like, listen to somebody next to me who, like, sets their stuff up. Like, I, I put my stuff down, and they literally, like, put their stuff on top of mine. And it's like, really? You had the whole beach. You didn't need to come put your stuff right by mine. But then that's annoying. And dealing with the people there at the beach is also annoying. So maybe a beach flamethrower or some sort of gun turret? <laughs> like a private beach I'm down with. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Then you okay, just well, do whatever weapons, you want. I think, are probably not a great idea. You're probably right about that. <laughs> uh, tiny houses. Tiny Read houses. I love them. They're awesome. Love them. I'm glad you asked about that. Well, I'm so actually. am I. Yeah, tiny houses are dope. I went to see the tiny house community. Mm-hmm. in Orlando, yep. and I did two tours there, and I love the tiny house movement. I think that it's great, especially for places where, you know, it's very densely populated area, like, you know, they're trying to get into doing them in Japan and stuff, but they try to do them more in high-rises and everything, but I love them. I think that they're awesome. They had one at the, um, it's like the History Museum downtown yeah. last summer, and I went three times during my lunch break to like check it out because it was made with recycled materials or whatever but I love them they're they're really cool they don't even have to be on wheels I just think it's a cool concept to have an entire house that's just compact and the little anything little like oh, the little yeah, Tabasco you're a big fan of little yeah I like the little, little the little yeah. stove and the little utensils and the little everything is just so cute yeah so I, I'm a big fan so, of tiny so houses. you're living in a dollhouse actually uh, yeah is what it sounds and like and then I get bit. to feel like a little princess and it's great yeah yeah this is a good angle for the tiny house movement is sort of the little princess <laughs> yeah but, being serious my for a little second, pony <laughs> can you pare down your stuff you feel like and get into one of them well um, like, would you move hmm. into one or could you move into one? Yeah, I, I, if I, well, yeah, I could move into one, but I always thought that it'd be cool to have like a tiny studio, mm-hmm. like a tiny house studio. So like when you're on tour, right, you always have to pay for hotels and you always have to, you know, or sleep in the van because... We all love doing that on tour. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it sounds like so much fun when you get to sleep on the floor of somebody's house. Like, that's really great, and I really want to live my life like that. But um, if you had a tiny house on wheels, you could bring it around with you. And then you'd never have to even leave your fans. You could just be like, you can come chill or, you know, whatever, and we can hang out. And you could, like, establish relationships and a rapport with these people. Or you could even just have a little tiny studio. How cool would that be? You soundproof it. It's like, you know, once it's stationary, it's stationary. You don't have to worry about, you know, making any house sounds or anything like that. And then you could just record anywhere. So then when you record anywhere, you could get the natural acoustics of wherever you are. If you really wanted to do that, if you wanted to set stuff up outside, or if you just want to say, you know, I watched the sunrise at the Grand Canyon and I recorded a piece 
you know, that is one of my ideas for later. I mean, but we're segueing into that. So. All right, I like that. Yeah, I thought that would be really cool. You could market it just for, you know, musicians. Yeah. Because it's just, it's awful being on tour sometimes. You don't have that comfort of home and you don't get a home-cooked meal. And if you have a tiny house, you have a little tiny kitchen with little tiny knives. You're <laughs> you can so just, excited yeah, about get the really utensils. excited. I know, they're so cute. It's like everything for like little dog paws. You can just make them chop the onions. But yeah, good idea in my opinion. All right, we got that. Tiny houses. Tiny houses is a yes. Big thumbs up. Uh, the cobbler. The cobbler. Oh, I'm sorry, cobbler. Not oh, the co- cobbler. I was about to be like, so if we're talking cobblers who do stuff with the shoes, desserts. desserts are awesome. Very yeah. southern. Very like, you know, Georgia peach and like. You know, strawberry festival and stuff like that. Like it's very much like a southern. I felt like I was comfort. in the south for a second when you were I know, doing like that with accent. The, with that southern bell accent. Yeah, but um, yeah, cobbler's pretty dope. I like, you know, Dutch apple pie. That's my favorite pie. And really, all you do is you kind of cream some butter with sugar, and that's like a cobbler. And, but sometimes they add grain and stuff, but it's like, who needs to be healthy? I don't really understand why people do that. It's a dessert, yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's like, I don't want oats. If I wanted oats, I'd eat cereal. Why, why are you putting oats in your cobbler? What, what's wrong with you? I don't know. But a cobbler is very good, yes. I feel like you're having a lot of cobbler-related conversations with people. I'm a big fan of dessert. Okay. It's like really So big. cobbler or pie? Pie. And then what is your favorite? Like, I could have any dessert right now. By the way, I'm starving from all this food talk. I brought a cookie in my bag. Nice. (laughs) So what is your dessert of choice? Like, you could have anything Mm. in the world. I mean, I'm a big fan of eating cake for breakfast. True story. That was an expression before Kate Spade took it from me. Thank you so much. Because I always used to eat cake for breakfast. And then she had this marketing campaign of like, eat cake for breakfast because you're just that much of a luxury girl. And I was like, I've been doing this for years and cheesecake. Kate Spade, uh, I know you're listening. She's a big listener. Yeah, she's listening right now. And I'm about to say step off because that was my thing. And I'm really... All right, let me see if we can, let me see if I can uh, talk through and negotiate a settlement here because it seems very angry, but I wanted to, I want to bring it back a little bit. Because that's like, I have a crazy metabolism and I'm sure at some point it's going to be a rude awakening and I'm not going to have said metabolism anymore, but sometimes I'll just eat like brownies for breakfast or cake because it's nice to have something like that with your coffee, cake and coffee. But at the same time, I just, I like sweets a lot so if i were to say like any dessert yeah it'd, it'd probably be a cake it was right. like this italian berry cake that i would get at stetson and it was awesome and i used to love that stuff but i just i'm a big fan of cake in general right. so cake talk with cake talk. nick and emily <laughs> uh we're gonna take a quick break we're gonna hear from some dashboard confessional what song are we gonna hear emily we're gonna hear a plain morning which is from the swiss army romance a plain morning. morning? Yes, a plain Mo- morning. A plain morning. Uh, a <laughs> plain plain morning. Yeah, that's what we're going to hear. Uh, and so what is this? Why do you like this song? Why this one? Of all of the songs on this album, it reminds me a lot of how I used to talk to my cousin. and She's in New York, so I would write her, but I used to quote this song a lot and say, I'd like to hire a plane. I'd see you in the morning. And... I always thought that was really quaint, but 
also very cute. And it didn't even have to be in a romantic sense. It was just like, yeah, I'd just hire a plane and I'd be there. It's like, it's a romantic thing in itself to say, but it's a great concept, even if you're just missing somebody to just say, yeah, I'll just hire a plane. Yeah. It doesn't even matter. I'll just be there for you whenever. So So we're going to hear that on WPRK. You're listening to a certain degree. Dashboard confessional on WPRK, Warner Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. I'm Nick. I have a very special guest here this morning who's a big fan of DC. Can we call him DC? Do you yeah, call you him can DC? call him DC. Okay. <laughs> or Dashcon? Dashconf? <laughs> yeah, conf, conf yeah. is pretty good. Dashconf. Yeah. Or Bordational? I like that. Yeah. I like that's that. That's good. Uh, just trying to come up with some new hashtags for Dashboard Confessional. <laughs> Emily Missouri is here. Emily, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Yep. And uh, so a lot of things, you go by a, a lot of different titles sometimes, depending on where you are and what yes. you're doing. So violinist. Yes. That's the one I like to always be my default. Okay, so that's the one you go to. Yeah, Yeah, I was curious because if you go through them all, um, you know, you are, uh, you work in the IT industry, so you could go coder. Nerd. Nerd. uh, You just started. (laughs) Well, I mean. Alone, poor, and alone. Yes. Well, that that could be any industry. And, (laughs) uh, but the idea is that, you know, you have all these titles that you you put on yourself. You know, you also write poetry. You also. Uh, started a line of t-shirts and we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. But what do you self-identify with the most? Sounds like violinist. Or what <laughs> I you- mean, I was going to make a joke about self-identification because everybody's like, I don't identify with X, Y, and Z. Well, and so I've got a <laughs> yeah. friend and he had the best, the best response when somebody asked him, what do you do? He went, about what? <laughs> And I love that. And I've tried doing that. But of course, that's the default, right? Like people come up to you. Maybe if you're in Colorado, you know, instead of talking about your career, you talk about the outdoor sports that you do, right? Or maybe if... Yeah, it depends on location. Yeah, the the context. You know, you're you're at a comic book convention you're going to talk about dc or marvel yeah or something along those lines like i exist yeah isn't that enough yeah but how do you how do you identify is it is it more artist creative yeah more of like a create of a creative from in a creative vein for sure i mean i would say violinist first and foremost but you could even generalize that and just say musician yeah and that might be more encompassing than just saying violinist because sometimes violinist implies like you sit around and play symphonies all day and you judge people and, you know, you're playing wait, etudes. And- wait, wait, wait. What does the judge people come from? Because, yeah, mean, I get the symphonies. Well. Because if you're a violinist, violinist, you're very judgy. Violinists are hard judgers. Really? Very judgmental. Very judgmental. Judge you about everything. You know, and I, I'm sure that, like, some of my friends would be appalled with me saying this. I just played an orchestra gig or two orchestra gigs this past weekend. So one on Friday and one on Saturday. And it's just a, such a different world than playing with a band or playing with jazz musicians or just, you know, going and jamming out with somebody. It's very, it's a very different world in the classical realm. People judge you about, you know, how much your instrument was or how much your bow is. Uh, or okay. How long have you been playing? What's your technique? Like, who'd you study with? You know, who who have you played with? And it's like, it's it gets exhausting. 
to constantly have to have that be some kind of prerequisite for why you should be a decent musician. Right. You know, it's like, well, can you can, just listen to yeah, me play? Yeah, exactly. I can, can but a lot just, of people don't do that. A lot of people can't play by ear or can't identify, you know, pitches or they're like, oh, I don't know. I, I don't know how to improvise. And that to me is more musicianship than knowing how to play some kind of fancy concerto or right. knowing how to, you know, do scales until your fingers bleed. Like, is I don't it, care about that. Do you feel like it's that judgy and it's that harsh because it's so competitive? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It, it, you know, because in other spheres of music, people are encouraging or at least they they're should supportive. be. Yeah, yeah supportive. Well, a little bit more. Yeah. yeah, and it's like with jazz musicians, I mean, from what I've just seen, people just want to jam out and have a good time. And they're like, oh, yeah, that riff was sick or whatever, and that's awesome. But then with... Nobody's trying to be yeah, first chair. And, yeah, and with, like, classical musicians, they're just all such insecure people. And that's what makes me really sad is, like, they'll go and immediately talk behind your back or they'll they'll say that they're your friend and... You know, do something. Trash you or, yeah. yeah, do something that that is like, wow, okay, is that what we're doing? And I mean, it, to a certain extent, you can't. To a certain degree, oh, there's, <laughs> I owe you a quarter. <laughs> you can't, you can't fault them for that because it's very hard to be in a very competitive environment that does bad things to people when there's that competition. And right. I, I hate and competition. I don't constant care. competition yeah. all the time. It's and especially constant, when, yeah. you know, there are so few paying gigs Yeah, when it comes to the... So you have to adapt. Yeah. And people don't adapt and they stay stuck in their ways. And that's why, you know, sometimes they get left in the dust. And I think that people, when they realize that, there's that insecurity there and they're always judging themselves. Yeah. And that can be really hard. But, I mean, that's why I would say, it, you know, musician might be better than violinist or, you know, I wouldn't want to say fiddler because then there's that whole, there's that whole genre. But you countries. fiddle Yeah, I fiddle occasion. too. I fiddle too. But, yeah, I, I try to, I've tried to get into fiddling since I live in Florida. You can make a pretty penny. You can make. Fiddling. Yeah, you can make a pretty penny. So. Fiddling. From a creative outlet standpoint, you mm -hmm. know, you picked up the violin at some point and 12. you had to practice. Yeah. Right. Like you weren't necessarily just immediately good at it. But the the oh, yeah. no, impression violence. that I get is yeah. that you don't pick up a violin and can immediately play it. No, you can't. So you it's practice. It's a very hard practice, instrument. Practice. Yeah. Is it still the creative outlet, like the going out and doing these gigs and maybe you're trying uh, playing with a bluegrass band or you try playing with a jazz band or you mm -hmm. try these different things. Does that scratch a creative itch for you in terms of trying oh, yeah. uh, and doing different things? Yeah, I think if I was only doing one genre, genre yeah. and one specific thing, that would not become tedious, but I wouldn't, even even if the music is difficult and it's a challenge, because a lot of symphony stuff is very difficult, especially if you get into like film scores and stuff like that. You have a lot of accidentals going on, a lot of weird parts that don't sound like anything. And you're like, oh, I think this is what it's supposed to be. I'm not really sure. I mean, even with all of that being challenging, I think what's a challenge is fitting with other musicians and trying to learn about different music and trying to learn new pieces and trying to figure out cool new things to do with your instrument. 
It's like one of the last remaining hopes in the world, you know. It, music. Yeah, I think so because it's it's the music industry takes away that hope. And if you are only concerned with making it, then you're never going to make it at all because you're just going to be constantly, you know, comparing yourself to somebody and, mm -hmm. you know, people are going to be judging you and you're already setting yourself up for failure. Might as well just have fun with it and play with as many people as possible and learn as much as you can. And when you think about it, there's always this, you know, one degree of separation of like little things here and there where you think about something and then, you know, it all comes true or, you know, things fall into place. And that's, that's what's really awesome about music is that it can bring people together who never would have met otherwise. Mm -hmm. And that never, who never, they never would have crossed, you know, paths or anything. They live in these different spheres of, I don't know, society. And then music comes together and it just breaks down the walls, or at least that's what it should do for true musicians. I think it does. Well, and sometimes, so you write a little bit, so you do a little bit of poetry yeah, uh, and things of that nature. Um, and I think that when it comes to writing is one of the tougher things to collaborate with people on. It's very difficult. Yeah, because yeah. you have to you have to have a relationship with them, you have to yeah. trust them. It seems like music might be a little bit easier because you're already speaking a common language and maybe you know sometimes there's that give and take where somebody's taking the song in a direction that maybe you wouldn't have gone, but maybe it's interesting and maybe it's it's compelling for other reasons or it's meaningful to them so then you find meaning in it as well. This sounds like it would be blasphemy, but I truly think that to be a good writer, it doesn't matter if you're writing prose or if you're writing poetry, I think that's the hardest art form. I don't, I, you know, music, music can come naturally and it can be, you know, easier for some people to play with others or it could be easy for some people to write songs and not for others. But to be a truly good writer, that there's something that's holy in that. I don't, I don't know how else to mm -hmm. really Magic. describe yeah. it. Yeah, because if you, if you have, it's hard for me to even believe that you can teach how to write poetry or you can teach certain things. I mean, you can teach a, a particular genre or the structure that, yeah, or, or the background, the history. Yeah, but it's yeah. like if it's coming from an academic place, then it's not really going to be genuine. If you're just trying to hit bullet points or trying to use certain words, it's not going to be genuine. So to truly have something to say and be able to write it out and say that, I, I don't know that there's anything that could be more artistic and beautiful than that. Uh, I don't know. I'm a bit, I'm, that's a hard one for me because I'm such a tried and true musician, but it's so easy to, at least it is for me to yeah. be a musician. Yeah. And it's sometimes the most difficult thing to just write sit down and write yeah, something. And just sit yeah. down and write and force yourself to feel something you don't always have to feel something when you play music I do at least I'd like to think that I do still even with all of the bad experiences because they still go with the good ones mm -hmm. but there's an emptiness that you have to have to be a writer and there has to be some kind of self-correction mechanism that you're trying to fill that emptiness when you write. And I think that people go their whole lives writing these beautiful things. 
losing more and more of themselves, giving a little bit more for each poem, a little bit more for each book. And I think that's what's so beautiful and so sad about it. That was really sad. That was right. really, we need to cheer it up now. Well, that's... let's play a song. <laughs> okay. How does that sound? Let's that do a little, uh, how about a little more dashboard confessional? Yes, please. So what would you like to hear? Let's do living in your letters. Living in your letters. Why this one? This is this is a big one that talks about writing and talks about having relationships that are far away and, you know, trying to come to terms with being in love or caring about somebody and not having them there all the time. Mm. And it's got, what a great, awesome experience that is. Yeah. And like how in that kind of like young love and yeah. the longing that you feel. And I just, I, you know, I'm a big letter writer. I still write letters. And this was always a big one for me. All right. Very good. We're going to hear that on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. I'm here with Emily Missouri. Uh, you're listening to a certain degree. Dashboard confessional on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. My name is Nick. I'm here with my very special guest this week, very special guest every week. This week's even more special because she's still here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did lock the doors so she can't uh, get out for now no until escape. the end of the show. <laughs> Emily Missouri is here. Good morning, Emily. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here. We're going to talk a little bit more about shattag.com. So people can go to that and see oh, the yes. line of shirts that you just started up. Uh, but first, I have my own line of bad business ideas oh, here we that go. I have to talk to you about. Got a lot of those. Uh, we're going to we're going to start with a song first, though, because everything needs a song, right? Yes. Bad business ideas. It's time to pick just one. It's gonna be totally legal. We hope it won't hurt anyone. So come on, have some fun. Yes. Bad business ideas. Hmm. They're so good, they're bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we get to your ideas, what we're going to do is I'm going to pitch you two ideas. And you're welcome to okay. uh, uh, join in. And if you have any bad business ideas you want to share as well, uh, remember that there are people listening. But by listening, they're signing a sort of uh, an audio contract that they can't steal any of these ideas. Okay, good. So before we get to yours, and you'll have to choose between the two. Okay. I just wanted to go over something. I saw this truck. I was out driving, as I often do when I want to get places. And I saw this truck. Uh, it was a company called 72 Hour Blinds, Inc. Or 72 Hours <laughs> Blinds, Inc. And I was, I'm, I'm flummoxed by it. Like, what does that, this even mean? That's a great word. Yeah, flummoxed. Yeah. I mean, I know what blinds are. I know what window treatments are. Incorporated, I kind of understand what that means. What is the 72 hours for? Why do you need for? 72 hours? So these like... were the three ideas. And so I want to see which one you think is the strongest okay. out of these three. Okay. 72 hour blinds. We install blinds in three days. So it's super boring. <laughs> There's no hook to it. Also, That's just it. why does it take you three days? You install blinds. I don't know. It doesn't know. seem like it would take that long. It wouldn't. Okay. This is my second idea. We install blinds, 72-hour blinds, that last 72 hours. So let's say you have a big party <laughs> coming up where you have to impress some people. Uh, you want some really nice blinds put up only for 72 hours because you can't afford them full time. <laughs> 
and uh, then they either are picked up or somehow they just disappear, right? Like they just like melt in the 72 yeah. hours. Okay, so. Melting blinds would be really cool, though. So, like, that that's would pretty, be very yeah, cool. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. I'd be down. So, I think if you came over to my house, like, and I was trying to impress you, <laughs> like, let's say you were my boss. <laughs> okay. And you were coming over, and let's just do, let's just do this. Let's just do a quick okay. role play right now. Okay, I'll be Chester Farthingtonson, <laughs> and you'll be, you did a really good Southern accent earlier, so you can be. I'll be some kind of bell of the ball. Yes. <laughs> you will be Sarah Lynn uh, O'Connell. Okay, Sarah Lynn O'Connell. All right. Hi, Sarah Lynn. Thank you so much for coming over. Or should I call you Miss O'Connell? Miss O'Connell would be just fine. Oh, Miss O'Connell, please come in. Look at the blinds that I have in here. Thank you so much for coming over. Oh, my Lord. These are beautiful. Well, thank you so much. You know, I did want to talk to you about uh, that promotion that I'm up for while you're mm -hmm. here at my house having this delightful dinner with these blinds. Oh, honey, you're going to get that promotion now. And scene. That's See? it. Good See? blinds. Just that okay. quick. I did have a third idea, though, on mm -hmm. why 72 hours I really do think from a, like, permanent option, like mm. permanent blinds, not just temporary <laughs> blinds. Yeah. This is the, the strongest idea because they're going to come in and they're going to put blinds up, which is very personal. The blinds are a reflection of the soul, of course. Yes. So you want something that really reflects you. How are they going to know who you are unless they live like you for 72 hours? Oh, my. So they sleep where you sleep. Oh, they dear. eat what you eat. They do everything that you do. They, If you walk a mile in your shoes, they walk a mile in your shoes. And they get to know you. And after that 72 hours, they're able to install the best blinds. What do you think about that option? Besides I that it might be a little bit creepy. I think that one is kind of creepy, but also kind of cool. Yeah. Because then for three days, they have to listen to everything you have to say. Yeah. It's like having a friend. For three days, and then you have no friends again. We don't even need the blinds. Yeah, you don't even need it. Just be nice. Just 72 hour just friends. Want a friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love it. Okay, I feel like we're warmed up. Emily, okay. may I call you Emily? Yes, you can. Great. Parenting. It oh, seems so no. <laughs> easy in the movies and pop culture. Yeah. Turns out it it kind of really is not oh, easy at all. Not easy. And no. you always say stuff like you won't become your parents and you won't resent the lack of appreciation that your ch children show you. Mm. But guess what? <laughs> you do. Yeah. Now, one thing I've noticed with teenagers especially is they don't understand subtlety. No. At all. Nor do they respect me uh, or listen to any of the advice that I give them. <laughs> You can kind of justify this yeah. and say, well, they'll they'll understand what I did, what I sacrificed when they're older, right? Like, they'll have some more perspective. They'll That's have some what more you context. Hope, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I want them to understand and feel terrible about it now. Good. Here's what I propose. Good. Here's okay. how we're going to do this. <laughs> it's very healthy, right? A new great. A new app that would allow a parent to send a reminder, an unblockable message, because guess who's paying for the phone? <laughs> To let their child or children know all the things they're doing for them. So you're going to get a message like right after you drop the kid off at school. Hey, just drove you to school three and a half miles. Just paid for groceries again. Hey, okay. I work today in a thankless dead end job just to keep the electricity on. Oh, my goodness. That, so that's an that's an amazing idea. So Why is, is this a bad idea? Guilt this is tracker. Great. 
guilt tracker. Yeah, when you want your kids to know how much you've sacrificed for them oh. in real time. Wow. So it's the real time part. And so there's a lot of things we can do there. I mean, you have GPS on your phone. You have location oh, tracker. Man. So if it knows that you're going to a certain place, it's almost like the, the miles tracker that you have on your phone for when you're doing miles for work. Uh-huh. But all you have to do is plug in, okay, this is for the kid. I'm that, dropping them off at soccer. That's an excellent idea. Okay. I'm about it. <laughs> Maybe that's because I don't have any children. It might be. It might be. All right. So you like that idea, like yes, guilt tracker. I okay, do well, really still, like guilt There's still tracker. another idea. Could you do it with friends too? Oh, guilt your friends. Like, like, hi, I drove you home that one time that you were wasted and you yeah. were like ranting about something stupid with politics and... I'm just reminding you that you that were really wasted and you almost Isn't threw up Facebook? in my car. Yeah, that, yeah that that's Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. <laughs> yeah, that's actually very accurate. <laughs> All right, so let's switch uh, gears. That was Guilt Tracker. Uh, let's talk about movies for a second. Okay. Uh, what I think is not getting enough love anymore are DVDs, right? You can stream <laughs> movies. You can buy them electronically. Yeah. Or Blu-rays for yeah. that matter, right? Like basically we're going to get to a point where DVDs become obsolete yes before that how do we make it so people have to watch them in an interesting way so they might want to buy them again how to watch them in an interesting way right so you know you can go to the theater and you can watch movies in 3d uh -huh. you can get in the seat that rumbles and shakes and does all that but when it comes to you're sitting at home on your couch and you're watching it maybe you have a 3d television mr fancy pants but uh, i don't know i don't know how fancy people's pants are these days <laughs> but the idea is that you know you have your dvd player and it's pretty boring and stayed yeah. let's create a new type of system a new type of dvd that only plays when you're doing what's happening in the movie <laughs> so for example like a Wii, but yeah, like for yeah. dvds it's okay. called forced fx so <laughs> you, you have to reenact the movie while watching the movie. So if you're watching Fast and Furious, yeah. chances are you're going to have to be driving around while watching that. If you want to watch uh, The Life Aquatic, uh, you have to be underwater. <laughs> so, And that might be a... So you don't have to get a submarine I'm, I'm, or a boat. I'm, I'm, this is pretty cool. It's like... In you can just be in your bathtub. All immersive kind of yeah. experience with the DVD. I'm, I'm Okay, I'm okay. down. So I was looking at you know, some of the ones from last night, the Oscars, uh, the three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. You may have to be in Ebbing, Missouri to watch that movie. <laughs> that might be a little bit of a downside. Yeah, that that if it's location based, that could unless hurt. you're spoofing. Yeah, that could, yeah. that could be a little bit rough. So, OK, so that's forced FX. OK, uh, so those are my two ideas. Those Do you have any good. you want to pitch before you pick the one you like the best? I mean, I have bad ideas and I have bad <laughs> things that I've done in the past with businesses. Okay. Okay. I like how you added with businesses there because I didn't know if you thought this was going to be like a confession <laughs> thing. Well, it's like we were talking on the way over when you're very intimately involved with somebody in a project. Like, for example... Before the inception or the conception or something ending in eption of chat tag, I had a very brief stint of having a t-shirt company. Oh, you did? With, yeah, called Effect a Cause, which was not a good name either. And it was, the idea itself is dope, so I can explain that. But the way that it laid out was not so dope so 
and I do want to bring this back. So you take like old school hip hop phrases, like pack it up, pack it in, let me begin. And you say Genesis 1-1. So it's like you're misquoting the Bible. Okay. And putting hip hop there instead, like I love haters. And you say like Matthew, whatever. I'm not a, much of a biblical scholar. Sure. But I just thought it was really funny. So that was the concept back in the day. But the fonts were really lame and the bagging was terrible. I don't I don't even bag shat tag shirts because it's not good for the environment. So mm-hmm. why would you do that? But it was a cool concept in the sense that it was like Tom's where you buy a pair of shoes and you give a pair of shoes. So any shirts that were purchased, half of the proceeds would go to a particular charity. So it'd be like, you know, Veterans of America or, you know, Big Brother, Big Sister or whatever. Like, and you would donate some of the money there. But you also have to realize that you shouldn't necessarily do those things or have, you know, businesses with people that you date. So that's where you so didn't, that's so you where it have, went wrong. Right. Yeah. So you might have an opportunity in in terms of getting some feedback like, hey, yeah. I would love these shirts, but the fonts aren't as good or, you know, yeah. it needs to be. And I wasn't the chooser of the fonts because I'm pretty, partic- I'm pretty yeah. particular about my fonts. I'm, I'm pretty hardcore into that. And it it was a great concept. The execution itself was yeah. not so great. So, I mean, it was more of a, a half-baked business idea. I don't know if it was, you know, a super fail. Um, but you learned a lot. But I learned a lot. And then I did it all myself. You learned what and not was to like, do, yeah. And I was like, I love haters. And I'll just continue on my, <laughs> I'll continue on my journey. So that's, that's what I did. Yeah. That's good. That was a bad one. All right. I'll take it. That wasn't, that wasn't some good lessons. I I really like the idea though. I think that's kind of fun. Yeah. I always wanted to do with uh, lyrics about the Bible and how much it can let you down. Just kidding. Interesting. Interesting. (laughs) I always like the idea of, uh, for bands having name tags with lyrics on them. So instead of your name or anything else, it would just have like a little short piece of uh, lyric that was somehow meaningful by itself. Yeah. That way they could like shout it at you and pretend that they're a fan. Yeah. And they really know nothing about your band. They just oh, yeah. want to holler. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's actually that's not bad. I yeah. could I could get down with that. All right. So we'll we'll keep coming up with some other ideas off air, but for <laughs> now, guilt tracker or forced FX. You gotta choose one. Because I, I feel like you have enough time. All the chat tag money is probably flowing in <laughs> and you need to invest it somewhere, right? <laughs> guilt tracker. Okay, guilt tracker. Hands, hands down, guilt tracker. <laughs> I actually really like that. And I think that you could use it for any, you could have like guilt tracker, the, you know, the teen edition. You could have guilt tracker, the parent edition. I'd love to have the parent edition. That oh, would be so you could excellent. guilt your parents? You could guilt your parents, even though they're guilting you by being alive. You could guilt them by being <laughs> like, thanks for being there, dad. Oh, wait, you weren't. And, you know, it'd be awesome. Oh, yeah. I would, I would get down with it. Well, and what I like about it is it automates the process, right? Yeah. So like you could just even choose less your effort. circumstance. Yeah, even less yeah. effort, which makes it even more ironic, which makes it even better. Yeah. Because the less effort you put into <laughs> shaming someone, it's just, yeah, that makes it a thousand times better. I, I actually like Guilt Tracker. Like, if I knew how to develop apps, I could look into it. I mean, I'm not that kind of tech, but I could 
try to look into that? Well, and by Come being back a on year the show, from now. <laughs> by being on the show and picking one, yeah. I don't know if you realize, I apologize, maybe I didn't um, fully explain this before being on the show, mm-hmm. but you are legally <laughs> obligated to take this now. <laughs> to now, to, to yeah. now make it? Yeah. Good, I'll do it. Yeah, so a year from now sounds pretty good. Yeah, I think I could get a nap out in a year. Okay, great. Cool. We'll see it then. Great. All right, Emily Missouri, we will have you back here in a second, though. We're going to talk about a couple more things, uh, anything from music. We're going to talk about your um, uh, your shirt company. We're going to talk about maybe when we can see you. Like, do you, you, you gig for musicians oh, yeah. and stuff, so can we actually go see you at oh, different yeah. events coming up? So we'll talk about that as well. Fantastic. Yay. You're listening to a certain degree. Oh, what song are we going to hear? Dashboard. We're going to hear... Confessionale. The Swiss Army Romance. This, the, the, tell me a little bit more about it. The Swiss Army Romance is the title track from this album. And there was a lyric that I got really attached to when I was young. And it says, um, it's cool to fake romances and grow up fast. You know, because there's this whole part at the end. We're not 21, but the sooner we are, the sooner the fun will begin. And it's really great because it's about how kids want to constantly grow up and they want to drink underage and they want to yeah. do crazy things. And then once you hit a certain point in your life, you're like wistful and you're longing for the time that you were. You didn't have yeah, to Yeah, that you were young that. and people, you know carded you and stuff i mean it's it's a great song because it deals with the loss of innocence but also the irony behind wanting to lose that innocence and wanting to maintain it i feel like can we contact them and see if this could be the theme song for guilt tracker (laughs) because i feel like it's right in line with that i mean i can make a few calls okay let's, (laughs) let's work on that all right and you'll hear that on wprk winter park florida you're listening to a certain degree Dashboard Confessional on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. That was the title uh, track off of 2003's. Wow, 2003. This was actually released in 2000. It was re-released. In 2003? Yeah. That's that's old. You have like an original Fiddler Records. That's like the, the, I mean, this album could vote now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like when this came out, it's, it's sad, but it's true. I was like 10 (laughs) <laughs> and then when it was re-released, then I was 13. Oh, so it so, hit you at all the good points. It hit at all the right points. So it was like 10, you're, you're just starting to find <laughs> your way, spot. you're just starting to figure it out, but you haven't hit yeah. any of the, yeah. the hormonal I, stages yet. And then 13, you're like... Then I had the guilt oh, yeah. tracker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So Dashboard Confessional, uh, we're doing something a little bit different with music today. Emily Missouri is here. Good morning again, Emily. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Wait, thank you so much for being here. Uh, so Emily is here, a musician yourself, but a big, obviously, Dashboard Confessional fan. So yeah. when you saw the library here at WPRK, <laughs> your first question was, is there a Dashboard Confessional? <laughs> and there is. It's pretty accurate for me. And um, uh, so we're playing some yeah. of this. I'm always interested to hear about uh, meaningful music to people because mm-hmm. it always hits, you know, joking about the 10 and 13, but... A lot of times it's that that's the sweet spot of music for a lot of people yeah. that that is the most meaningful music. They talk about middle school being a big uh, time, uh, obviously high school, but just in general, yeah. that age being sort of the, the 
you remember those songs more because yeah. of the meaning and the association and stuff, yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I'm a big fan to, uh, of music now. Like, I like to listen to everything, but mm-hmm. I really do try to separate the the emotions of the music and what I was feeling at the time from the skill of it or mm-hmm. the the quality of it. Uh, because I, I apparently did not have any good memories when I was a child. <laughs> uh, so that was a little bit of a problem. But why Dashboard Confessional to you? Oh, man. That and that's it, right? That's, a, that's, that's, that's the that's, peak. That's the epitome. Whole, there could be a whole radio show just about Dashboard. Dashboard, oh, my. That's that's hard. Um, I don't even, I'm not even prepared to answer that. Okay. I mean, it's dashboard has been a part of my life and even a part of my family for a long time. My brother was, you know, a fan of Chris when he was in further seems forever and got to meet him when, you know, Chris was playing small local shows in South Florida. And, you know, and then my mom was into dashboard and she had to mark a mission. She would play that. And then I, you know, followed suit and, ended up being a huge fan of dashboard got to play with chris a few times so that Mm. was pretty that was pretty dope in terms of a turning point in my musical career i don't think a lot of people get to say that they have played with their idols you know even just realizing that and saying it out loud is a pretty incredible thing because i had always gone to shows and i would say let me know if you ever need a violinist if you ever want to you know, jam if you ever want to record something. And, you know, 10 years later, it paid off that my persistence and insistence eventually came full force. And, you know, he was, I was playing a show with John Leffler, who was the guitarist of Dashboard, and he was doing his solo stuff. And Chris was at the venue in South Florida at Slantcha Irish Pub. I don't even know how to say it. It's like, I don't know, Slancha, yeah. yeah. And um, and then we, and it's not even around anymore, but, and then he got up on stage and he played with us. And it was like I was playing with the two critical members of Dashboard. And I mean, it was, it was awesome. It was an awesome moment. And I played with Chris's band Twin Forks, which is his, he has like a side, he has a few side projects, but that's one of his side projects. And they do like folksy music. And I played with them. Um, and that was really fun too, just cause you get to do more fiddling stuff with that. But, um, the dashboard dashboards lyrics have helped me out a lot over the years and have taught me things about myself and about other people. But I think why one of the reasons I gravitated towards dashboard was the immensity of the lyrics and just what they could mean and what they could describe. And it was finally... Like, I didn't have to feel alone, which mm-hmm. sounds sad, but, you know, there's a huge loneliness in being a child, and especially when you have kind of, like, it's not like I was, you know, <laughs> Eminem or something and raised in the streets of Detroit or, you know, something crazy, but, you know, there's there were definitely things that were hard growing up and dealing with, you know, a broken family and dealing with, you know, just a family that would never necessarily come together again and has only become more splintered as the years go on. And I think that's one of the only things that helps me reconcile with that. 
a lot of those lyrics and just the heartbreak of, you know, being a romantic in an unromantic time. Mm -hmm. I think that has something to do with it as well. But he's like my favorite poet and my favorite songwriter. And I think that's why I just love them so much. I just love them. I just love them so much. So dashboard confessional with uh dash what are we calling this dashboard confessional fanfic oh have you ever done any <laughs> dashboard confessional fanfic i haven't i don't we think what is what, what is what is fanfic oh so it's basically fiction? yeah fiction? Fan oh. fiction so we write our you could write a story about them and stuff that <laughs> happens to them like on the road and such uh i'd be down <laughs> <laughs> so Okay, so this was meaningful to you. This yeah. had a particular... Yeah. Has it affected your creative style or the stuff that you've done uh, when you're yeah. writing or, I think or when it, you're trying to create? Yeah, I think it definitely helped me feel like I could write poetry. But, you know, what, you know, little emo teenager doesn't feel like they can write poetry. It's like, my life is so hard. My mom pays all my bills and I have a place to sleep and I have, you know, food to eat. But my life is so hard. But, you know, I think that... You know, Dashboard definitely helped me find my voice both as a musician and as a writer um, and helped me feel like I could express myself maybe for the first time mm -hmm. just because it's kind of a, a very open thing to say to somebody, hey, I wrote a poem about you or not even telling them, just showing them something and being, you know, hoping that they're going to know that it's about them. Like and understand it. Yeah, that way you don't have to be the brave one and be like, yeah, I wrote this for you. You know, you can just have them kind of pick up on it. I think there's a lot of cowardice that goes into being a writer and trying to escape things that you don't want to say or don't want to admit. Or and when I, you know there are things that you want to say yeah, and you avoid and you, saying it because yeah, you, you don't want to yeah. hurt people. or Yeah, or you don't even want to hurt yourself. Mm -hmm. to admit the bad things about yourself or to admit that you're not as great as you think you are, even if you wear a checkered fur coat. <laughs> so. Okay, let me, and I didn't set the scene. Emily is mm. wearing the most amazing coat. In fact, it's so amazing that I may have tried it on. It looked better on him. I don't be think honest. so. Because I couldn't move my arms down. Straight so my arms were just status. sticking out completely. I can't put my arms down. <laughs> that is exactly, yeah. exactly what happened. Yeah. It was pretty uh, good, though. Yeah, it was It woke nice. me up. I've when, been asleep this whole time, so <laughs> I don't even know what I've been saying. So, <laughs> When you're mm. writing, uh, when you're, you, you compose music, I take it too, on occasion? Well, so the composing of the music, I write like joke songs. Yeah. As because, we all do. Yeah, because I think that it's really an untapped into genre. Like there's a band called Psycho Stick and they're like like a humor core band. So it sounds like metal, but then they have really funny lyrics. lyrics yeah. And I, I absolutely love them. And of course there's Riff Raff and there are like a lot of bands and artists now that have these joke lyrics and I like, I consider myself kind of a funny person. It's like one thing that I'd like to say about myself, give myself some credit. I'm actually not funny at all, but I like to think I that I am. I was just waiting for Yeah, yeah for me to bring it back yeah, down, yeah. Bring, <laughs> bring it back down. But, I like to think I'm funny, but I'm But not I'm really not, all. so I'm don't not listen funny. to anything yeah. that I've ever said. Um, but yeah, so I write like joke songs. So that's like more of my 
the way that I compose music. When you're looking to be inspired, uh, whether it's writing music, writing poetry, getting up the nerve to start up a business like Shat Tag, uh, what do you do? What do you do to get yourself psyched up? Are you listening to music? Are you listening to, is there a certain mix that you have? So the three staples in terms of the, if I were to make like a, a power jam yeah. playlist, Ooh. it would be, you know, dashboard. It would be May, multi-sensory aesthetic experience, band from Virginia Beach. They're right up there. And kind of a jam band, right? Um, they're sort of jammy, yeah. like a little bit jammy, like they do some instrumental stuff. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, and then Amberlynn, and they're also Florida, Florida folks. So I would probably put those on and, and get hype. And by get hype, I mean I would sit down with, you know, pen and paper and try to plan everything out. I did so much planning with Shat Tag, like it was unreal because I wanted to make sure that I didn't make the shirts incorrectly because the advertising is all that's all a side thing after you know you already have the shirts the product yeah. and I haven't really done that much advertising because I don't you know I have to look into it and it's a whole thing and the you know Google AdSense and you know Facebook advertisements and all that I've only ever used that for you know certain shows or with bands in the past so I've never done it for you know anything like apparel but um when I was making the shirts, I, I had to like go there in person to Threadbird. That's the, the company that printed them. So I went there in person to feel the shirts because if I don't like the feeling of a shirt, then I'm not going to wear it. And then you I mean, shouldn't sell it. Yeah. yeah. And then you shouldn't sell it because then it's not a good product. And also the fit was very important. So somebody else, um, like a company I work with doing DJ stuff, they had these shirts printed and I was very adamant that I wanted that particular, it's like next level 60-40, where it's, you know, 60%. Chicken. Yeah, chicken. Chicken Like cotton, and then like 40% polyester or whatever, and it makes it really soft. And I was worried about, you know, running of inks or the ink not being as vibrant. And do you need discharged ink? Do you need, you know, water-based, whatever? And it it was a whole process of learning about things I had never even considered. I was just like, I like t-shirts. I just want to get some shirts printed. But this was, this was important enough to you that you wanted to learn all this stuff. It wasn't like you had, you could order that stuff online and just go, boom, here's X number of dollars. Relatively OCD person. Yeah. Very meticulous about certain things. And that was one thing that I wanted to, if if you're going to put out a product and you're going to spend a boatload of money to do so, you don't want to do it and then have, a crap product because then nobody is going to want to wear it. Nobody's going to like it, even if the designs are cool. And a lot of those designs, FYI, were made in paint. As well they should. (laughs) Rather than being made in, you know, something that normal graphic designers do because I'm not a graphic designer. So I was like, I'll just copy this from the Google error page and that'll be the sad folder shirt. And then I cropped it down and then I submitted the actual images and Threadbird was like... Yeah, we can't use these because it looks like it's a screenshot from an error page. And I was like, yeah, it is. And they're like, okay, you'll have to have our designers redo this. Yeah, because to be actually ready to go. There is so much pixelation in these that it's unreal. So, yeah, I had to 
I had to get their help. When you were designing it, let's go back to sort of the theme for it. Like you're not just designing every clever thing that comes into your head. No. It is specifically started about small coding. Then, yeah, it's, it's about coding. It's about tech. I mean, I I have other ideas for shirts, but some of the ones like the sad folder, I had that as my little chat icon at work, and everybody was like, "Oh, that's funny," and I just thought it was really cute. That there's like this little sad folder when you, it's when you have like a thousand tabs open because I have the propensity for opening too many tabs and then, you know, you run out of RAM and then your computer doesn't work anymore right. and it gives you the sad folder. And like with the Hyrule.root, that's a reference to, you know, Legends of Zelda with the Triforce, but it's also a reference to Active Directory. So because I do systems administration. So when you are expanding a domain, <laughs> you, there's like this little triangle because they're trying to describe like the forest and the subdomain and all of that. And it, for some reason they use the Triforce. And I said to my supervisor, I was like, yo, that looks like a Triforce. And he's like, I never really thought of that. I'm like, that's because no one would think of that because who sits around looking at the little icons that you have in Active Directory. No one does that. So that was where that one came from. What about the appeal is going to be mainly to techies, to IT people, to that sort of thing, but you wanted it to have a specific appeal to women as well, Yeah, right? I want it, well, because there are, so here's the deal. There are too many men in tech and, uh, you know, I'm pretty adamant about that because it's very difficult for a woman in tech and it has been difficult for me being in tech and that makes me really sad because there are a lot of women I'm sure who are interested in it who don't have the opportunity to necessarily explore that I mean we're getting better with programs for young women to try to Mm -hmm. promote technology and you know their association with it but Yeah, I wanted it to not just be like, oh, unisex shirts, you know, because most of this will be for men and, you know, women can wear them too. Like that bothers me because so much is already geared towards men Mm -hmm. in every aspect of life. So it'd be nice for women to also have an equal say in things. That coat, though, is for women, right? I so that's something that I'm missing out on. No, because I got it from like this <laughs> punk store called Doll's I'm Hill. kidding. I'm kidding. I was like, yeah, it's kind of, kind of like for dudes, like yeah. I guess. No, it, it's a male-dominated mm-hmm. industry for sure. Yeah, so is. I like that, yeah. and that was one of the reasons I wanted to have you on and talk about yeah. it was because you're doing that uh, very consciously, yeah, uh, in order to appeal to that audience as well. Yeah, and it's like, then you automatically have people who are going to be like, oh, yeah, you have to try to appeal to, you know, women because, you know, women have to try to do everything that men do. And that's like so frustrating because it's like everybody does what everybody does. So I don't really know what your point is. I mean, it's, it's, it is harder for women when they try to get into a field where it's male dominated yeah. well you've chosen sense. all of them yeah. so the music industry yeah. Yeah, it exactly. t-shirts yep it's all yep, yeah it is actually i didn't think of it that way but yeah i mean that's kind of a bummer I, you know actually like, i mean you could look at it though the other way and go 
that's fantastic because you've chosen kind of to <laughs> well you've chosen to try and succeed in what is normally considered a male dominated world yeah. and you're not doing bad yeah i mean it's like it's kind of one of those things like if you do it for yourself then everybody else will just kind of they'll go with it you know yeah. if, if you put out something that you're proud of you know, you don't have to sit there blasting it all the time and, and talk about how great you are. It should stand on its own two feet. And it's the same with, you know, in a in a career or in a field where there are a lot of men. If you have the skill set, that should be the thing that matters. And plus, a lot of employers will, you know, be down with hiring women in tech because they think that they can get them for cheaper because women still get paid 77 cents oh, yeah. to the dollar. Yeah. So that's also another interesting point because then when you think of it that way, you know, there could be more women in tech. It's just they have to overcome these obstacles of these societal obstacles that they're not going to be able to make it. And then they also have to like come in and, you know, hustle just as hard as a dude for what they're worth. And I think that there's definitely something awesome for the to say about the women who do do that said do do shattag.com <laughs> goes, goes along with it <laughs> so okay so let's do we're almost out of time let's do mm -hmm. a quick quiz oh no and then this we'll is the go part back. that i've been dreading that's why yeah. i've been fidgeting yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole time i need oh, a fidget spinner is... yeah i don't know i'm gonna i'm not very All good right. at trivia all right. Well, okay. So again, a lot <sighs> okay. of these questions are very subjective. Okay. So it's going to be about just what do you feel in your heart? Okay. That one or that one, however many hearts okay. you have. I have a lot of them. All right. So uh, there are a lot of, uh, I usually go with anniversaries and birthdays and things like that. So okay. this is going to start out with a very easy one. Which one? Okay. Okay. So on March 5th, 1910, Momofuku... Ando, the oh, inventor no. of instant noodles and cup of noodles, was born. Or on March 8th, 1977, James Vanderbeek of Dawson's Creek was born. Which one? I'll go with Dawson's Creek, but yeah, I don't... James Vanderbeek? Yeah, I'm going to go with that one. Okay. It's What's probably it? wrong. Is it wrong? No. That Do I get just, to know? If I... It's just like a warm-up question. Oh, okay. Was it yeah. wrong, though? <laughs> do you do you need me to pick one for right and for wrong? I do. I need to know if I'm wrong. That was correct. Oh, yes. Tomorrow, no, I feel better about myself. Michelangelo would have been 543 years old. So very famous uh, sculptor, painter, okay. architect, poet, crazy inventor guy. Uh, what was interesting, I thought, is he painted himself into some of his works. He did, yeah. As a lot of, you Composers know, Composers did that too, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If you could, which piece would you paint or otherwise put yourself into? Is it uh, A, dogs playing poker, the famous uh, photo? Uh, B, the hang in there poster, you know, the kitten hanging? <laughs> yeah. Or C, anything by Banksy? Oh, would he's you kind awesome. of put yourself into a Banksy piece? I feel like with him, though, it's kind of, it was a cultural phenomenon and yep. it kind of went away okay. after that documentary um as opposed to the hang in there poster yeah which is, which still, is a driving still somehow force, a thing a driving how force is that in society. still a thing um i'd probably do the hang in there even though i i like the dogs playing poker but i'm yeah. not much of a like a gambler i don't i don't really like to take gambles so i'd probably say the hang in there yeah okay very good that is also correct <laughs> Uh, on March 7th, uh, 321 A.D., 
What did Roman Emperor Constantine I more or less invent? Was it A, the weekend, like Saturday and Sunday weekend, not the singer, uh, B, the Ides of March, or C, the salad? Ides of March? Uh, it's probably the weekend, but I would say Ides of March because it sounds like that would be the time that it yeah, comes about. Yeah, the Ides of March are actually March 15th, it, okay. so it was the weekend. Dang so your it. gut your gut was right. My gut was right. Yeah, so he decreed that Dies Solus Invicti, literally Sunday, is a day of rest. Invicti, okay. So Sunday was a day of rest. Saturday was a Sabbath. Getting learned right weekend. now. Weekend. Weekend. All right, last last question. Okay, good. Uh, so a couple of really <laughs> good birthdays this week. March 6, 1937, Valentina Tereshkova was born. She was the first woman in space. Sweet. March 9th, 1934, Yuri G Gagarin, uh, the first man in space, was born. Sweet. Uh, we've also had a lot of animals sent up there, including two tortoises that have orbited the moon, dogs, spiders, rabbits, bees, ants, frogs, mice, crickets, many other animals, vegetables, and some minerals. Let me ask you this. Is it a good idea to give animals access to this type of technology? <laughs> I thought you were initially going to ask if it's okay to send them to the moon. And I was going to say no, because then they're going to die. Because yeah. I don't think they rescued the dog or whatever. That the first dog, they did not. Laika. Yeah, that's really uh, sad. But a lot of the animals, almost all the animals since then, okay. they, they have tried to. Yeah, but then how do you, how, as an animal, how do you reconcile with that? Like, how do you come back to Earth? After you've been in space. That's like, what that's, I'm talking about. Like, you've an, seen some that's stuff. Some, that's some you've craziness. You've had access to technology. You've had this extensive training. You go back to Tortoise World <laughs> or wherever you're from, whatever you call it, Rabbitville. Yeah, Gopherland. <laughs> yeah, Gopherland. And, you know, are you a celebrity? Do you get to, like, tell people what to do? Do you bring back the technology and improve your society? I want animals to have more technology because then once they do, then they can learn how to talk to me and then they yeah. can tell me that they love me too. Okay, very so. good. All right, and on that note, very good on the quiz. You scored very well. I'm going to give no. you a... A for A plus a plus for plus effort. plus. <laughs> very nice. I let people grade themselves. It's, it's that kind of honor system. <laughs> So we have to we have to get out of here, Emily. Uh, where can people find you? Where can they learn more about what you're doing? And uh, what gigs do you have coming up maybe? Um, so the Instagram for Shat Tag is just Shat Tag Swag. Um, and then the website is just shattag.com. But I have a list of gigs coming up on stringinghimalong.com. Mm -hmm. And that's also my Instagram handle is stringinghimalong. My personal one, so, so yeah, you can see some gigs coming up there. Very um, nice. Yeah, and hopefully I can see some people out. Anything you're uh, very excited about, or anything that is going to be uh, particularly like uh, new for you? Potentially DJing in Las Vegas in April, and that's a whole other topic I didn't even <laughs> talk about. But yeah, I'm a DJ, so that's going to be cool. Um, yeah, and then I have some stuff coming up later in the month, like at the Gaylord and the Dolphin Resort. So that'll be cool on the 17th. But nice. yeah, do some DJing too. All right. Very good. And we'll have this podcast up shortly so you can listen to all of the amazing things and insights that we came up with. Uh, but right now we're going to turn it over to Best Hour uh, with Marketing News. Emily, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. For coming in. This was great. And it flew by. 
It did fly by. I'm a delight to talk to. <laughs> you are a delight. Oh, thanks. What <laughs> song should we uh, get to play us out? If we can go out to Age Six Racer. One, two, three. Four, I like how five, you're giving six, me seven. seven. Giving, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're telling Repping me what track. All right, very good. And this is Tell Me About the Song. So Age Six Racer is again about love lost. Well, it's more about falling in love for the first time. He does say that in the song. Okay. <laughs> so that's a good one to end on because everybody has just fallen in love with me after this podcast. For the first time. Yeah, for the first time. Yeah. Hearing this wonderful voice. So, yeah. It's a good You're really one. selling it. You're really I'm doing really, it. I'm going hard. Okay, next time going I'm going to have you come in and just do voices. <laughs> going to do all of the voices. You can do my so voices. So many characters. And my Foley artist. Give me a, give me a horse uh, uh, trotting or... Like a, Galloping. Ho- a horse trotting? Yeah. I could do it with, I don't have any coconuts though. Because that's the only way to technically do a horse Okay, trotting. that was a test. <laughs> so. You got it. You are a true Foley artist. <laughs> All right, Emma Missouri. Missouri? Missouri. Yeah. Missouri. Uh, shattag.com, S-H-A-T-T-A-G.com. Yeah. And you're going to hear some dashboard confessional right now on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You've been listening to a certain degree. And that's the show. Thanks for listening to A Certain Degree. For more episodes, cheesecake recipes, and crippling self-doubt, visit toacertaindegree.com. That's T-O-A, certaindegree.com. I mean, you won't get crippling self-doubt if you visit. It will just be on display through my words and actions. Oh, God, am I even doing this correctly? <laughs>